Long History, The Hunt for the Missing Captain, Part 5, Pacific Death and Rescue. Hello and welcome to Long History. This is the place where we take historic source documents and split them up into chunks of around 10 minutes or so. The document here is about the third journey ever by Europeans across the Pacific. We've already covered the first two journeys here on Long History in series called Magellan, First Voyage Around the World, followed by a journey headed by a man called Loaisa in a series we called After Magellan. The journey here, however, is headed by a man called Saavedra, and this is a completely standalone series, however the aim of this journey was to find news of the previous expedition, and so the two expeditions do overlap at some points. This is the final part of a five-part series, so the other four episodes will already be available. Preparations for our next series are already well underway, so subscribe to find out more. Now to summarise what's happened so far in this document, Saavedra and his men have found out the whereabouts of Loaisa's men, and they've met Loaisa's replacement. Having done that, Saavedra fixed up his boat to return to New Spain to let the authorities know what had happened to the previous expedition. Saavedra and his crew have had two attempts to leave the islands, the first attempt being scuppered in part by some Portuguese, two of whom would eventually be put to death for their insurrection. As we finish the previous episode, however, Saavedra was beginning his second attempt to return to New Spain, retracing his initial path to New Guinea. As this episode begins, Saavedra heads east and north across the Pacific. Will events go smoothly? So here we go with the hunt for the missing captain, part 5, Pacific Death and Rescue. From there, we sailed to the northeast, continuing 80 leagues until we reached some other low islands. We anchored at one of them, and, when we had stopped, we raised a flag, seeing some people. We called them with the flag. Six or seven parole boats came to our ship, stopping at the stern of our ship. Our captain went to the stern and threw a blanket and a comb at them. They took them. As they had taken them, they came on board, all of them entering within, in total around twenty men, with one woman amongst them, who was believed to be a sorceress who they had brought, so she could tell them who we were, according to what the Indian woman did with each of them in the boat, inviting us with her hands. The captain treated them all well, giving them what we brought in the boat. With these we made friends, such that one Spaniard was brave enough to go with them on land, which is what he did. As he went on land, some gentlemen of the land came to speak with the Spaniard, taking him with them to their houses, which are large and covered with palms. These people are white, with their arms and body painted. The women are good-looking, and their hair black and long. They go about with their bodies covered with a finely made and attractive material, with bare feet. They have fire-hardened sticks for weapons, and coconuts and fish for sustenance. This island is about one league. The captain and all the people went on land, with the men and the women coming out to receive us, playing tambourines and singing. The captain sat in a hut with the leader, who amongst other things asked the captain what the shotgun that he saw was. By signs he was made to understand what it was. He asked them to fire it, and to please him the captain ordered it to be fired. They were so scared that when they heard it being shot, they all fell to the floor in horror. The leader was shaking, and all the people began to flee from the huts towards the palm trees ahead. 
The leader and the others were quiet, although they were very shocked. He left with all the other people, which would have been up to 1,000 souls, and they went out in their parole boats, going to an island three leagues from there. We stayed quietly, without doing them any harm. And we spent eight days on the said island, because the captain was feeling ill, during which the Indians returned, helping us with 18 pipes of water, and giving us 2,000 coconuts, and doing everything that we ordered. These islands are at 11 degrees north of the line. From there we left with an east-north-easterly to the north, sailing until we were at 26 degrees. Here, our captain died. At the time of his end and his death, he called everyone and asked them all to sail up to 30 degrees, and once there, if the weather was not suitable to go to New Spain, that they should return to Tidore, giving the ship and everything that was in it to the captain, Hernando de la Torre so that he could do with her as was best to serve our lord and our emperor. He appointed Pedro Lasso, a native of Toledo, as captain. He died within eight days, with the master and the pilot taking charge. We continued until we reached 31 degrees, always with contrary winds, and as the weather did not turn out to be suitable, we were forced to return to our starting place. From 31 degrees we headed west, until we arrived at an island of the Ladrones. We landed there at about 31 degrees, finding ourselves 1,200 leagues from the Maluco Islands, and from New Spain a further 1,000 leagues. On this island we spent the day taking refreshments. We lost an anchor there. From there we set sail to return to Maluco. We continued to the island of Visaya, but we could not land. We passed alongside it and went to the Taraole Islands, which are 120 leagues from Maluco. We could not find the bottom and for this reason we had to continue. We went to the island of Gilolo, on which we went to Samafo, which is on the coast of that island, and there we anchored at port. We arrived at this port at the end of October. There we came across Captain Hernando de la Torre, who had lost the Tidore Fortress which had been taken from them by the Portuguese. The ship was handed to him, along with everything in her. The captain went on board and took charge of her, along with our captain's clothes and wares. All the people who were going in the ship, amounting to some 18 men, went on land, and seeing that the ship was consumed with woodworm, and that those who were already there were in a bad way due to the disorder in those parts, some of us split off and went to Malacca, while others remained there. Those who went to Malacca were taken prisoner by Captain Don Jorge de Castro, who ordered us not to leave, and would not let us leave that place. We spent two and a half years there. Of the twenty men who went there, only nine escaped, and until the King of Portugal sent orders that they should let us go, they kept us there. The author of the above is Vicencio de Napoles, who left with the said fleet from New Spain and took part in all the above said. He went to Portugal and from there to Spain, going to the court of his majesty and recounting what had happened on the journey. Asking for an assistance due to his work, they ordered him to be given 14 ducados, this by favour of the council. All the accounts and maps of this journey were taken by the governor of India, Nuno de Acuña, 
from Hernando de la Torre because they had remained in his power. The man called Grijalva, who we previously said had been left on an island, made no appearance and was all but forgotten but for the following. At this time, when we were heading to the islands of Maluco, we arrived at an island called Saragan, which is part of the archipelago. From Maluco, it is around 120 leagues. We stopped at this port and spent three days negotiating with the natives, buying supplies of hens, pigs and rice, because they had great quantities. This Grijalva was very ill, so much so that he did not want to leave. He asked the captain that as he was about to die, could they show him mercy by leaving him in that island? Seeing that he was very bad, the captain left him with the governor of that island, asking him in his tongue that they take care of him and treat him well. The natives replied that this they would do. This agreed, the ship left. The Spaniard was on the island eight months. The governor there sold him to the king of the island of Mindanao. There were two other Spaniards there, of those who had been lost from the fleet of Commander Loaisa, which had been found out in Malacca, and so the governor, Garcia de Sa, wrote to the king of Borneo, asking him to send the three Spaniards who were on the said island in his power be sent to Malacca. This king spoke to the Spaniards, telling them that they had been sent for from Malacca, and that if they were afraid to go there, he would not send them, but that if they wanted to go, he would arrange for them to go. They went to Malacca, with their being from that island to Malacca 200 leagues, and in Malacca we saw these Spaniards who told us the above. This Borneo island is more than 150 leagues in circumference. On it there are Moors and Gentiles. One group is at war with the other. They are friends with the Portuguese, but do not make them any sort of payment other than some contracts that they have with them to buy camphor from them which they have in great quantities, and slaves who were sold to them. So the ending of this document is strange and abrupt. Saavedra suddenly dies apparently of an unspecified illness, and the men return to the Spice Islands. And the main point of the document is signed off with a reminder that it was written by Vicencio de Napoles. It seems that whoever put together the document, however, didn't want to end it with this sad ending of the death of Saavedra, Instead, giving us a footnote about the man Grijalva, who was left sick on an island off the southern coast of the Philippines because he was too ill to travel. And we hear here the details of how his freedom was eventually negotiated. And with that final description of Borneo Island, we're reminded that this is a source document from history. It's not a travelogue. Principally, it seems to be a report on the events that happened, ending with this little summing up of a few loose ends. So we've made it to the end of this short document. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Saavedra's journey with its strange ending, the sad news about the leader of the expedition, Saavedra, followed by the happier news of the survival of Grijalva. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this document and if you have, please do give it a like. And just a couple of quick reminders. One, don't forget to subscribe. We're already preparing the next document on long history. And if you can't wait till then, don't forget that linked document called After Magellan about Loaisa's journey, which is called After Magellan here on Long History. And of course, there are plenty of other documents to explore. Thank you for listening, everyone. Looking forward to seeing you on the next document. Thank you and goodbye.